Hello and welcome to another episode of the Surly Horns Podcast. This is podcast number five. We've got a pretty good show for you today. What do we got in store for everybody, Black Lab? Uh, we got a great weekend of college football. Uh, the weekend passed. We have a couple of great games coming up uh, this weekend to talk about. And then, um, of course, some shenanigans with uh, certain one of my favorite people in the world. And then we'll, uh, we'll make a pick on the uh, UT-Kansas State game. All right. Well, getting right into it. Texas had another great week. Not just a moral victory this time. Not just a, yeah, it was a, a real victory over a real team. Uh, such a monkey off her back to finally beat TCU after four years. I mean, it was just so much, so good, felt so good sitting in the stands watching it uh, unfold and seeing their quarterback do the things that our quarterback has done in big games, uh, coughing up the ball a couple times and uh, our team, you know, UT uh, capitalizing on those and then Sam coming through and uh, putting some balls on target and I mean some amazing some amazing catches yeah the um, the third down on the uh, touch the final touchdown when uh, it was you know it was like oh my god here we go and uh, he starts to run I'm like yes run and then he backs up I'm like what are you doing and then I'm like no 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 and then he throws a strike to Humphrey, and it's like, yes, yes, yes. And then Humphrey turns it up and scores the touchdown. I was like, okay, that is the – Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the stadium was just electric then. It was lit. Uh, the uh, Yeah, it was, I mean, the exact opposite of Oklahoma State and Oklahoma and USC games, you know. So it's such a such a huge, huge growth for Sam to uh, get the victory. And, and then the, the Colin Johnson touchdown too, he threaded it in there. That was just amazing, right? I mean, that's like incredible catch. highlight reels everywhere. I think it even yeah. made SportsCenter top 10. It should have. That was amazing. Yeah, it was an incredible catch. And the way he turned his body to shield it from hitting the ground to make sure there was no doubt that uh, it you know, was a catch. And Because uh, sitting in the stands and watching it, the, my first thought was, oh, man, oh, that hit probably hit the ground. You know, how the hell did he lay out like that and catch it? And then... <laughs> Were the replays better on the on the Godzilla Tron? No, they were still horrible. They show too many too many graphics and too much crap and too many people, and they just don't show enough replays. And uh, I didn't. It wasn't until I got home and then watched the replay uh, from the TiVo that I saw saw the catch in slow motion and was like, "Holy crap! What a catch!" Yeah, I mean, this the highlight reels. Whenever you go and watch just the game highlight reels, uh, I mean not much to, to say about Texas and what, what went wrong. And that I think is, it's really the narrative of that game uh, going into it. I, you know, but when I made the prediction that TCU was going to roll, <laughs> which was <laughs> totally wrong was, you know, if TCU doesn't make mistakes, I think that they, they can definitely take this and it's going to be tough for Texas. Yeah. And I thought Texas is going to be the ones making the mistakes and, and needing to right play catch up the whole game, yeah. but TCU right they made 
plenty of mistakes, and this isn't taking any credit away from Texas, but mistakes were made from TCU, and Texas absolutely capitalized on almost every single one of yeah, them. Yeah, the only I think there was one that they didn't, but the other three that they went down and scored or at least flipped the field, and a couple of them were just two of the interceptions that Robinson threw. And I oh, that one interception was so awesome. Uh, just, Coming out of nowhere yeah. from the other side of the field, like perfect safety play yeah. from a freshman. Right. That's I, that. Yeah. That's exciting. Yes. Yeah, uh, enjoy Stearns for the next uh, this year and two years because he's gone to the NFL after three years. He's the best the best looking freshman safety that I can remember at Texas. And I've been watching UT football since the, you know, mid seventies. And I just don't. Yeah. Somebody said he was going to be, we're watching the next uh, Earl Thomas. And and I think Earl Thomas said, no, we're watching the next. <laughs> right. Yeah. The first game to start the, uh, yeah. I mean, Vaccaro and guy for Seattle, and she just mentioned are the two that really just jump out at me that he just reminds me of ball Hawk knows where to go. And uh, great closing speed, doesn't miss tackles, you know, has a nose for the ball, always in the right place. It's just, it's just amazing that he's a freshman and, and doing these things. Um, well, and then, you know, the, the other pick getting hit right in the numbers, but having, having the hands a, to just jump up and grab that yeah. ball and, and really just be there to get hit in the numbers. And then the return where he just manhandled that guy yeah. And threw him off of him. He didn't yeah. get any more yards out of that, but yeah. that was pretty bad. Well, that was Jones that that manhandled him. Yeah, I, I was thinking when we watched that is uh, we need to hire an intern to do like the you know uh, get the get some sort of boom type soundtrack and just all the big hits from the game and just put them all in one you know one minute video because that was one of them that I just laughed out loud. Uh, when I watched it on the replay, the way he just threw that guy down, and the, yeah, I mean, it's just like a toy. Yeah, and it it kind of came back to what we talked about last week, or I talked about last week was you know Texas has been in the top you know five to 15, 20 range for recruiting the last couple of years, and TCU's been in the you know twenty to thirty to forty range, and it showed with I'd say the two biggest things were Colin Johnson and uh, LJ Humphrey that near the end of the game, they both broke tackles and got first downs that, you know, over smaller defenders. And then I think we kind of imposed our will on their defense that we were just so much bigger and stronger that uh, it just played out through the game. And, you know, TCU gets their, gets their couple of guys, the Rangers and uh, Turpin and um, Anderson, but, and their quarterback is definitely good, but they don't have the depth or, the width of uh, the talent of Texas that, that Texas has. And finally we put it to advantage and, and used it against them. There really isn't a whole lot of really bad things to say about this game. I still don't think that the play calling was all that great uh, on offense, but it was, it was workable, right? Yeah. I mean, they put together some long sustaining drives and they did, you know, get down the field. And there, the execution is starting to look like yeah. it's there, and, but it wasn't anything special. Yeah, and if you if you have free time, there's a there's a thread on football called "Credit Where Credit Is Due." Herman's quarterback power RPO scheme against TCU by Catfid fifty four that he actually gets some gifs and um, shows some plays. And I remember this exact series that he he highlighted that I thought it was great that um, they 
basically went empty backfield and ran like quarterback power two times in a row. And then they ran a screen one way and the screen the other way. And TCU was like, you know, caught in no man's land repeatedly. And we gained, you know, six, seven yards of play for four or five plays in a row and uh, just caught him flat footed. And I was really happy to see that. And I kind of made a, made a mental to, note to talk about it during the podcast while I was watching it live. And then uh, Catfid54 comes through and has a really great post on the football board about it. That reminds me uh, of Radiology Horn <laughs> and his you know, split the tens and double yeah, me yeah. down. Oh, winning guarantee. Yes. Yes. Getting. Getting people permaband, winning steak dinners. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, Radiology Horn. Yeah. He has he has shown mercy, though. There will be no permaband from that. Okay, I, I was wondering if you had banned him yet. I, I'd kind of forgotten about it. but In the future, if you want to bet permabands, neither of us is opposed for you doing that, but get mods involved before people are like, when are you going to ban this guy? Because we had no idea that we were supposed to be permabanning after a win. Yeah, well, the, uh, was it Tal Year 17 or whatever was the loss to bet? Posted tips yeah. on football. And I think he was and said, you know, goodbye. But he didn't post an actual picture. He posted a link to a picture. It was actually to uh, uh, True Detective Season 1. Uh, what's that girl's name? I forgot that girl's name. Oh, the great avatar that he has. Yes, the avatar, the, the completed uh, GIF of the avatar that he has that completed her shirt taking off. So, um, yeah. Now, funny story about her is she was in uh, one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres and was like begging to, to get topless. And the director said no. And now the director was like, that was the stupidest thing I've ever did because might as well, have, you know, if she was begging for it. Might as well have given it to her and let her do it. But. <laughs> Uh, funny side story from Hollywood. Nice. Well, there's tons of other huge, huge games in college football that are going to have, uh, you know, people talking, I think, at least for the next yeah. week. If you turn on ESPN. Yep. Uh, OU Army. Anything that I, you know, my mind was blown as, because uh, I did, I definitely didn't pay $60 for no goddamn pay-per-view of Army and OU. <laughs> but... I, I was pretty tempted at the end there. If to pay sixty dollars to watch OU lose would have been great. Absolutely worth it. But uh, I I went ahead and gave my computer aids and uh, went to one of those uh, streaming sites to catch the last couple of minutes. Army really screwed up there at the end. They had they've been running and gashing OU up the middle of the whole from the time I started watching till the, the very end, and then for some reason they started running outside and lost yardage, and then had to put up a pass. They passed nine times and had two interceptions and uh, they just, oh, they just collapsed at the end. They, they had it and they were and when it went overtime. I was like, okay, they're going to go down and score and then they're going to, you know, get a two point conversion and win this. And then they, they end up getting uh, losing yards and having to throw. And, and the thing was they should have just run, you know, even they should have just, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is you can't really count too much because it's such a specialized offense right. that it doesn't really, it doesn't mean anything, right? They're just going to throw the film in the trash can. They right. they, they looked past Army. The, their defense looked like total garbage against a triple option. Yeah. But again, if Texas wants to learn how to do that really well in two weeks, the, the, they've got another thing right. coming, right? You can't run that type no. of offense. In, in- I mean, Sam 
they've run several options left and right with Sam, but it's definitely not a strong point. And he, he doesn't quite have the timing down with the, you know, getting a defender to commit to him and then pitch. So it's, you know, it's not something we should waste a whole lot of time on, but it would be kind of funny to come out in Army's uh, uh, formation for the first play of the game. I think that'd be hilarious to do. Oh, that would, I mean, that would be yeah. so troll. I, the stadium would go nuts. Cotton Bowl yeah. would be just uh, Yeah, the exact opposite of the Greg Davis throw a horizontal pass to the first play of the game uh, like he did a couple of years in the Cotton Bowl and pissed everybody off. Everybody starts booing. So someone else who was not so lucky to get out with the skin of their teeth, Virginia Tech. I cannot believe it. As somebody who, uh, while I was in the Navy, I lived in the Hampton Roads area. Norfolk and I've been to that ODU campus and it's, you know, it's not much more than, it can't be more than a couple thousand kids going there. And uh, for them to beat Virginia Tech is just, it's mind blowing. It's like, that's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. And, and and not just a, any Virginia Tech, right? right? This is the best Virginia Tech we've seen in recent memory. They are doing their, you know, they're, they're gearing up to have like the Virginia Tech's back season there's nothing that's going to stop them. They had some great games yeah. coming into this. They already crushed uh, Florida State and looked good doing it. And, yeah, this was this was the year they were going to challenge Clemson, and apparently not. <laughs> just, and now it's all for yeah. not. Also, their, their coach has always been one of the guys that uh, is always thrown about as a replacement for, or, you know, our potential next coach at UT. And, boy, that shine has uh, certainly come off of that now. So that's just, un- I mean, it's like Texas losing to Texas state. I mean, that's the equivalent and you just can't imagine it happening. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, what is that? The home opener next, uh, next year, Texas state plays a yeah, so as, as the home opener. Start. So that would, that would be pretty much the yeah. equivalent. Well, A&M lost to UL Monroe, Arkansas or Arkansas, State. They lost Arkansas State one year. They lost to UL Monroe. How was that? <laughs> and uh, was, what? That was some ag- angry Aggies in the stands there that night. Oh, I, I yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of terrible Aggie games, yeah, I'll go go that one. So, um, a big fuck you to Aggie. So I had like a hundred bucks sitting in my um, online betting account at Bovada that I'd just been sitting there for a year or two. Hashtag and, not sponsored. And so week, week two, they're playing Clemson. I think oh, I'll go ahead and throw 50 of it on Clemson to cover. And of course, A&M plays their ass off and covers easily. And then, so I have 50 bucks left. I was like, okay, I'm going to throw it on Bama because Bama's rolling up. Saban doesn't give a shit, you know, and rolls up scores. And, and of course, A&M, uh, Bama takes their foot off the gas in like the third quarter. And just says, fuck it, we'll we'll just hang out. I look, all I all I'm gonna say is uh the the targeting call in the first quarter that that was the that was the uh-huh. shift in momentum, and that's the only reason uh we, you know we ran out of time because <laughs> that guy couldn't come back and make plays for us. I thought the shift in the momentum was the, the first play of the uh game when you guys threw an interception. Um definitely not. It was definitely the targeting and losing our our linebacker that that cost us the game. Yeah, pretty much. Because uh, yeah, um, 
Alabama was able to throw all over the field. <laughs> it, you guys held the, the funniest thing I've read this week is all the Aggies talking about how they held uh, A&M to less runs or running yards or some, you know, I don't even know what the fucking stat they make up, but you know, trying to make the running defense look good. It's like, it's because they didn't have to fucking run because they were throwing the fucking ball all over the goddamn field. The success. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was um, a game that even if you like to watch A&M get steamrolled, it, it just like was one of those games that wasn't even fun to watch at some yeah. points because it was just like, what is this team? <laughs> like, what are these two teams even doing on the yeah, same field? Uh, it's on my TiVo. I have not uh, partaken in it, and I, I think I'm just going to end up deleting it before I even watch it. So, and then Oh, and then so what you were saying, yeah. The Oregon so, game. Once again, coaching matters, and Oregon had the ball with uh, under two minutes to go. They had the game won. They, they literally won the game. could have taken knees and gotten the clock down to about four seconds and punted, and literally the game would have run out on the punt. But instead, the coach calls a running play. Running back gets about nine yards and is fighting tooth and nail for an extra yard to try to get the first down, and boop, ball comes out. And they end up losing. So literally, it went from ninety-nine percent Oregon winning to uh, Stanford winning. Yeah. Have, have what? What's the um, that site that does the real-time predictions? I'd love to yeah. pull up that chart and just look at it at ninety-nine percent win, and then just like that stupid-ass yeah. coaching literally- calls where you try and go out there yeah. and run your offense. I mean, and then literally, just- all they had to do was taken the have the quarterback run around for like five seconds each play and the clock would have been down to less than 20 seconds you know so coaching coaching blunders i've i've been lazy this week i do want to write a uh, a post about the coaching decisions that herman makes because he he went forward on fourth down he kicked a couple field goals and uh, i want to i want to get around to writing an article about the decisions and then going through the math of why they were right or wrong, you know, based on uh, the things. I was really happy to see him going fourth down from midfield. It just just makes sense to do that, you know, to try to get – I mean, basically turnover doesn't really matter too much as far as defense goes. Yeah, I mean, field position, you're not going to get penalized too bad. No. Uh, I mean, unless you've got just a rock star punter. Right. That can definitely pin them down in five. I mean, the the likelihood of you getting a touchback and then the, the difference is twenty five yards is that that's what's going to happen most of the time. Five or ten percent difference in teams that score from the twenty five compared to the fifty. I mean, it's not that big. That where if you get the first down, turnovers it's basically a turnover in your favor, and turnovers win games. You know, so um, so. Enough about football. Let's talk about my favorite person, uh, Taylor Ham. He is your favorite. He's your favorite person, really. To you're obsessed. You're obsessed, Black. I really need to call him up and say, "Hey, let me host." You know, uh, trusttheham.com or whatever stupid ass thing he comes up with, and just host it just for the sheer lulls of the damn. Thing. Just for the just for the lulls. Um, now he's back on. Uh, on Facebook, apparently a week and a half ago at a high school football game, he got in a fight with the Tex Ags reporter. They got asked to leave the field 
And um, after that, he apparently got fired from the other 98%, the site that he created with uh, Russ Hannigan or Hamigan or whatever his name is. And uh, so he got fired and now he's not part of that. Now he's back to um, back to Facebook. Just being an internet troll. Yeah. Just being an internet troll. And what was great about it was, um, you know, he let some stuff out like uh, that Karen chick is apparently a bag man for uh, Jimbo and uh, Brewster. And then also uh, he apparently uh, Demis, who's a wide receiver, from Houston, uh, five-star, supposedly the next Julio Jones, who committed to A&M after the Clemson game, uh, came to the UT-USC game, was ready to flip, and uh, Ham got on the phone with him along with uh, a couple of handlers and convinced him to stay on A&M, or stay committed to A&M, which is a complete violation of NCAA rules. And then in his rebuttal, I'll take it as long as we don't get Yeah, and then <laughs> in his rebuttal to uh, to uh, Russ about the, how the firing happened, um, he admitted that he was uh, doing the commitment video for uh, Hornsby quarterback out of Houston area, and which is also a, technically an NCAA violation. Uh, but technically not. It would be. It's like those highlight reels that get done on ESPN on the like the the E60 or like the whatever the quick hitter things yeah. are. Essentially, a media outlet can technically create content for somebody. But is a so, dude with a Facebook page really a media outlet? I don't know. Like, I, are is Surly a media outlet? Should we try and get know. a press pass? They won't give it to us. They hate us. Um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start applying. Are you awesome? <laughs> I do want to go to the press conferences just to ask Herman why the hell we fucking line up back in wide receiver position constantly throughout the game and and then. Oh, I think we could have some great questions for Herman. Yeah. Even if they were uh, absolutely nothing to do with football. Yeah. I think uh, we could have some really. Really great questions. We could be we could be the favorites of all the press. Yeah. So at the strip club you went to with uh, what's his name? How much were table dances and how many table dances did you get? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so so what's coming up this week? So this week it's Kansas State. The, the purple, purple wizard. wizard. That guy is the antichrist of UT football. <laughs> but he's a god in the little he apple. He's a god in the little the, apple. Uh, it's, it's so bizarre for a, a shit-ass school in the middle of fucking nowhere. Hey, they're a basketball school. They, they have just owned Texas since we joined the Big 12 in every fucking sport. Even when they're... They're two and fourteen in the Big Twelve in basketball. They fucking two of those wins are against us, and it's just uh, there's something about purple and orange yeah, that clash. Some, I remember the play. I've been to I think four or five games in uh, Manhattan, and I remember the first one. It had to be either ninety eight or two thousand, probably two thousand, and um, you drive. You, you flew to Kansas City and then you drive out there and the exit where you get off at that point, there was literally nothing. There was not a gas station. 
Just fields. Oh, just fields. And for as far as you farm, can see. Fields of farm is just dirt, you know, as far as you can see. And, <laughs> well, it's just flatly. It's not like super hilly, but just kind of gentle rolling hills and no trees because, you know, Kansas has no trees and just fucking dirt. And as far as you can see in every direction, it was like, this is bum fuck Egypt. This is the the most BFE fucking experience I've had in my life. And I lived in West Texas before. So it's just, you know, just fucking nowhere. And you drive in, it's this tiny little town. Uh, it's It's kind of fun to, you know, go and drink and people are like, I can't believe you came all the way up here for a fucking football game, you know? And, and of course there's like 10,000 UT fans there. And then I was there in 2002, uh, Chris Sims, uh, uh, Benson, you know, all this talent. Can you even believe that this is coming out of your I mouth know, 16 so years ago. ago? That was the last time yeah. in Manhattan and you think, that the Hornets yeah, have had a win. I know. That's you think crazy about the- talk. I don't what I wonder what other I mean I don't think that there's anybody else except for people that don't play very yeah. often with Texas that has a 16 year run at no, home over Texas that I mean that is just yeah especially crazy. when you play them every other year there or every well we play, didn't play them every year there because back in the back in the day there was before Aggies left. And we were sixteen team conference or twelve team conference. We only played them every two out of every four years. So we were there once every four years. So it's not like it's been every two years. So it's only been it was two thousand two, two thousand six, and then who knows? I, I'm not look it up. I don't even care. But yeah, it's been sixteen fucking years since we beat them there. And that that game in the stadium, you know, it's not that loud. It's not that the stadium is is really. It, you know, it has the coach's name on it. It's uh, a that's impressive, but high school stadium. I mean, it's it's so small. How like many 40, does it even see? Like Forty five. Yeah. So there's there's upper deck on yeah. the you know um, to both sidelines. The south end zone just has uh, lower level bleachers, no upper deck or anything, and then the north end zone is just like the uh, the field house or whatever. There's not even bleachers in the north end zone, so. And then, of course, they stick us in the um, the very front rows of the end zone, so you don't have any angle to see shit. And and there's a track, so you're like 45 miles away from the fucking uh, stadium or from the field, and so it's just horrible. And you know, I know there's this week there was a lady bitching about uh, us sticking the TCU band up in the rafters at the nosebleed seats, but you know, first of all. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. But uh, second of all, every every stadium I've been to, and I've been to a bunch of them, we get the worst tickets in the stadium. And those tickets, no. Yeah, you're not supposed to. You're not. Your band isn't no. supposed to be heard. It's supposed yeah. to be watched. And, out. and that's the it's, way it was. We were. I know yeah. at least one of those years. I had. I was on the front row, and uh, I was on TV once or twice. But the uh, um, it was just such a horrible view, and but. That game, you know, was it went down to the end and we won 17-14, but we ended up having to block a field goal in the last like minute to win to come out of there with a the win, you know. So we blocked an extra point and then they got a two-point conversion and it was 17-14. They drove down to like the two-yard line. We had goal line stand, and then we blocked the chip shot field goal for them to tie at the end and end up getting out of there with a win. So even the win we had 
16 years ago was by the skin of our teeth. So it's like, I don't know what the hell that guy is doing. If he sold his soul and said, hey, let me beat Texas all the time. Because they certainly have beaten, you know, they lose these stupid games to North Dakota State or, you know, Kansas or somebody truly, you know, these awful teams. But by God, they're three and nine. But one of those fucking three victories is against Texas every goddamn year. So, I mean, right now, not much to talk about with regards to K-State this no, year they're, in they're 2018 garbage. for their football team. Uh, Snyder Snyder had a lot yeah. of coaching turnover in the offseason. Uh, he's having a really hard time pulling together wins. He's super frustrated with his team. I think, uh, you know, he said it's, it's hard to win with guys that don't even want to go an inch or something like that. Well, the... Yeah, well, the rumors I'm hearing are that he was ready to retire uh, this last off season and had all, for all intents and purposes, was going to retire if his son became the head coach. And then his son wasn't. They told him, "No, sorry, your your son is not going to become the head coach." And so he said, "Okay, fuck you guys. I'm going to coach another year." So he's kind of apparently coaching out of spite, is the rumor I've heard. And so it really is kind of just mailing. Yeah, it. you know, I so. have heard the the parallels between Mac Brown and Snyder at this point, and I, I I even chimed in in one of the threads, and I was like, "Dude has the stadium named after him, not comparable." <laughs> He's done yeah, more. He yeah, built he is, that program from uh, nothing I mean, into they, what they, they are. Literally had like they averaged like two wins a year for like twenty or thirty years before he got there. He had. He had more wins in 10 years than they had in the previous like 20 or 30 years. I mean, that guy took nothing and turned it in, you know, chicken shit into chicken salad. I mean, that guy is a one of the greatest coaches in college football history to take that program and the way it was into what it became. And uh, but, you know, now he's over the hill now. I mean, he's 80 something years old. No, he, yeah. yeah, I think he's checked out. I mean, especially yeah. that you know he's always sent those letters, and he's always been such yeah. a class act. And for him to just yeah. be kind of sailing off into the sunset, yeah. and the, season absolutely like has to be shitty. Nothing, nothing but respect for me uh, for that guy. I mean, he's he does does stuff that people you know no one else could do. He left for a couple of years, and and they couldn't they did they turned back into what they were before. He left and then he came back and he turned it right around. So, all right. Um, so the question is for this week with a nine point spread opening for Texas, do you think the purple wizard can cover? No. Or do you all. think the purple? No doubt. In my mind. We're rolling this week. I'm going to, I'm going to get the, what uh, was your, what was your score in the, in the prediction thread? Uh, you know, I keep forgetting to go into that, and uh, it's not too out. late. Yeah, I got to go. I I would say thirty thirty eight to fourteen. Thirty eight fourteen. Yeah, Texas. Texas. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be a lot closer just because of the historical matchup. How somehow this guy's always got a game plan that matches up with Texas. It's like he's had Texas's number forever. I don't think they pull off a win uh, against Texas, but I think they keep it way too close to com- for comfort, especially the final score. And so my, my prediction was, was 21, 20 Texas. Wow. 
But I think, you know, I think Texas comes out, scores 21, and then, like, the garbage time they get to okay. 20 trying to kick a field goal. All right. Well, I, I just don't see that happening. The I know a buddy of mine actually suffered through uh, two of the Kansas State games who's actually very football knowledgeable and said their offensive def- defensive lines are just absolute garbage, and uh, he thinks we're going to roll. So I'm going to go with him and uh, think we're going to roll. So, but we'll see. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that about does it for yeah. today on the podcast. I do want to remind all the listeners that uh, OU, uh, we're going to be having the happy hour at Lee Harvey's. Show up. First $500 is on Surly. What time are you going to get there, you think? Uh, that I think that there's talk of people arriving at six. Okay. So six p.m. is is when we're going to start. And no, it cannot be the last five hundred. And there probably will be restrictions, so you assholes don't order Pappy twenty. <laughs> yes, I'm walking. You can't ruin walk- it for everybody. I'm walking in there. What's the most expensive uh, bourbon you got? Okay, give yeah, me a bottle make- that. All right, I'm Mac. We'll see you next week. All right, thanks, Black Lab. Thanks, everybody.